Welcome to Cinema Reviewed. I'm your host, Soriano Newkirk, a.k.a. 90210. And I'm here with my guy, Elijah Boxhill. What's up, Elijah? What's going on, guys? I'm happy to be here again. Uh, we also have a very special guest joining us today, my close friend, Stephen Woods, a.k.a. Stizo. What's up, Stizo? Hey, man. How you doing? All right, guys. Uh, we're so excited to have you on the show, Stephen. Um, it's great to have you here. We're going to talk about some Boba Fett today, as well as uh, the Spider-Man 2. Uh, we're going to have some discourse with Elijah on the information that he is the source of. I'm sure you've seen it on Twitter. It's over every platform right now. So very excited to talk about this information, as well as Doctor Strange 2. And we're going to talk about the possibility of the casting for Black Cat and for Spider-Gwen. Uh, so let's dive into Boba Fett. Um, what were your thoughts on finally seeing Boba Fett escaping the Sarlacc pit, Elijah? I thought it was great. We've seen countless stuff. We've seen books. We've seen stories. We've seen a lot of things about Boba escaping the Sarlacc pit, but we've never seen it in live action. So seeing that is really like a good bringing back to his story. Now we know we've seen him in The Mandalorian. Obviously, he has his own series now but through since then and how he woke up in the sarlacc pit it's just uh really fun to see as a star wars fan oh definitely i i got goosebumps uh i was so excited to see it you know i was a little tired getting off from work but i was so excited to see it and it really it almost brought tears to my eyes because we've only just heard about this possibility or even read it in the books finally see it come to screen uh it was just such a great moment uh, for not only Star Wars, but for, you know, comic book fans in general. So uh, what were your thoughts on seeing the moment, Steven? Uh, it was really dope watching him escape the Sarlacc pit. Um, it's funny because when he woke up and he seen that stormtrooper in there, it was crazy because in that scene, I don't remember any stormtroopers being there. So, and the fact he had to steal oxygen from the stormtrooper just to survive to get out, it was really dope watching that. Oh, yeah. And I think, uh, I believe in the film where he fell in, some, I think Luke knocked over a stormtrooper be right before uh, Boba fell in. So I did, I do think that is a continuity. Uh, I don't think there's any missing information on that, but I do think that uh, a stormtrooper fell in first. Okay. So I, I do think they're they're keeping the accuracy on that moment, okay. uh, but I could I could see where you could think that, uh, but I definitely think that they did an amazing job of showing what the inside of the Sarlacc pit would look like, how they would eat someone, how they would drain them, um, and also Boba, you know, showing his uh, resourcefulness of him stealing the oxygen from the stormtrooper was awesome as well, and seeing how he escaped Good. from the inside. But speaking of yeah, both, the use of flamethrower. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I really love that as well. <laughs> uh, speaking on Boba uh, and his resourcefulness as well, do we think the mayor will be a problem uh, for not, you know, showing, uh, giving Boba the, the welcome that he expected? I'll start with you, Stephen. I, I feel like it's a very strong possibility. Um, with the, the talks they had, and he was like the second delegation. I feel like it's gonna be it's gonna be a deeper problem later on. Yeah, I definitely think it's gonna be a key plot point. 
Um, I don't think the mayor is going to be, you know, a central villain. Um, just because it's not a major character. Uh, I would love to see the direction they go as far as the main conflict for Boba. I know it's going to be clearly like the underground scene, but also having the mayor uh, being a key figure could definitely be something that they go in the direction of. So uh, what were your thoughts, Elijah? Um, Well, my first question that came to mind was who could the mayor of Tatooine be? Because um, we know Jabba was in control of basically things uh merchant wise and taking money and um whatever and he led by fear as we learned in boba fett and we know before but who could be the mayor that is unwilling enough to not bring a gift to the new someone who's killed um job of the hut so i think either it's going to be room for like a really big cameo or that he has to be the villain because i think that was just too crazy for someone not to respect Boba Fett in the way that even the viewers do. So uh, I think we'll get more in depth on that at some point, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. I hope we definitely get more in depth into that on episode two. Um, But I wouldn't be surprised if they dive into it a little bit more on episode three as well. For me, the mayor could possibly be the main, the main uh, antagonist, but we're still, you know, a little early into the series. I'm excited to see the direction that they go in. Uh, Elijah, could you explain why Boba Fett needs the hope, the healing pad with the healing pod? I apologize. Um, in my eyes, I'm not sure if it's because he's a clone, but from what I got out of it, it's um, sort of in the same way Darth Vader needed the healing pod is because he went through extensive damage, burning um, some excruciating stuff. So um, for me, I think it was his time out in the sun and maybe him the exposure to the sun without the suit and the fact that he's had the suit on for so long. Um, we've never really seen him without the suit or we've never even heard of him without the suit. So I think maybe um, him without it and the him just being exposed to Tatooine sun might've been too much. So I think he might just, he might've needed that. And now that he has it, every time he gets hurt, he just uses it. Yeah. That's a very interesting point. I think it's going to be a main resource that we see him run to. But I also don't want it to be a cripple for the writers that, you know, Boba can survive anything to, to, to a sense or to an extreme. Uh, I really just want to see Boba in action a little bit more as well. Uh, we've got some great action sequences from The Mandalorian as well as, you know, this season, uh, the first episode of The Book of Boba Fett. But I just don't want it to be a cripple as well. Uh, what were your thoughts on the on the healing pod, Stephen? Um, I found it. Uh, it's interesting that he would need that. Uh, given what Elijah said, yeah, it could be because of the extensive damage he took, or and it could just be because him from the suit. Because as you see, he uh, the way he looked when he came out of the suit, you could tell it was definitely something wrong with him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Elijah did Elijah did have a great point there. Yeah. And speaking on, you know, the experiences that Boba Fett has dealt with in those scenes during the first episode, why is he calling those moments he experienced dreams? Do you have any thoughts, Steven? Uh, I have no clue, to be honest. I, (laughs) 
I don't know, and I'm excited for it because it seems like he's getting flashbacks from Django. Mm -hmm. From uh like flashbacks from episode two when he fought Obi-Wan and Mace Windu right before he died. So I don't know. It's good uh I don't know. It's a <laughs> it's a it's a good roller coaster. I'm I'm scratching my head at that. Definitely. What were your thoughts on him saying that they were dreams, Elijah? Um, I'm kind of in a stump, just like Steven is. But um, coming from me as like a Star Wars fan in this series, I really hope they take Boba Fett in a different direction and really show us. Um, I was really excited to see um, action Boba Fett. I want to see the bounty hunter that we know and love. But I know right now they're continuing from what we saw in The Mandalorian, but these flashbacks, I want to see what's happening in these flashbacks. Like I want to see Boba Fett in action. I want to see him going through some rough stuff. Like that's, that's Boba Fett to me. Boba Fett to me, isn't someone that's sitting and showing respect to others. Like I understand he pay he goes to whoever pays, but I, I just, Right now, it's just I need him in some action. So um, whether it be the flashbacks or whether his flashbacks are really from a uh, Jenga, I would uh, that'd be pretty interesting to know as well. Um, knowing that he's obviously a clone, but so I know at some point we'll probably get deeper into that. They have to they have to dive deeper into his dreams. I know we'll see more. He'll definitely be back in that healing pod. <laughs> <laughs> they showed it for way too long for to not bring him back. So, oh yeah. Um, the way the way he said he was like, I gotta, I gotta be back to the healing pod. So he just left the fight completely. I wasn't expecting that. To me, I think um, Boba Fett is someone that can fight through through a twenty blaster bolts. So I don't know why he's needing the healing pad. There. So that's really got to be an extensive thing for his backstory. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I definitely think it's going to be, you know, diving into the lore of clones a little bit more uh, from a clone's perspective. Uh, we've gotten that a little bit from the Bad Batch show, but I also think getting it live action as well really adds to the lore and give us the opportunity to see it uh, translate on screen. Uh, I'm really excited to see them, you know, dive in more into Boba Fett's story. Uh, his relationship with Django, because we only briefly saw that in one film. Uh, I would love to see flashbacks, possibly. I know they don't have the same young actor uh, from the from the trilogy, but just to see a little bit more of that relationship as well could be interesting. Uh, a little bit of Boba Fett's uh, mental capabilities um, and his status right now. Uh, because he's dealt with a lot. He's dealt with a lot of trauma. Uh, he's been nearly killed multiple times. Uh, just being a survivor that he is. So I'm just very interested to dive more into why he needs this healing pod. Um, is he trying to remember something? Is he uh, purposely trying to have these dreams? Uh, you know, is it really, you know, I understand it's very important that we get these flashbacks to understand how Boba Fett got from where we left him at the end of the season of Mandalorian to the post-credit scene. Because mm -hmm. 
we saw a little bit of Boba Fett's journey, but we saw Boba Fett come into the picture to fight the Mandalorian. We didn't really see how he found Fennec, um, how he got out of the Sarlacc pit, which we just saw, uh, how he got to really heal to where he could even, you know, come and, you know, attack the Mandalorian, how he found his ship, you know, all of these different things that, you know, we have to see on camera that we weren't even able to see. So I'm just very excited to see where they go with the direction of this show. But I also want to ask, what was that six limb creature that he cut the head off of? And why was that such a main focal point for, uh, I believe it was the Dabas. Why was that so important to them? Uh, I'll start with the, you, Elijah. The um, are you, you're talking about the the Sand People, right? Of Ted yes. when he killed the. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so for me, I think they really just they're kind of like um, they're kind of just like the geeks of Tatooine. Like they they cherish collectible items um so i think when we see that he kills the that creature and they get really excited for it it's kind of like when um mando gets the egg from that um rhino looking thing and the mandalorian when he thinks it's going to kill him and man um grogu finally uses the force and then he finally gets that egg and he's freed but you finally we see that um these things that they really only value things that value to them they won't take they'll take scraps of your ship and not the whole ship they'll take anything that they can but it has to be a value to them so mm -hmm. um for them i think that must have they might that thing must have been terrorizing them the same way that things in the mandalorian were so i think there's um an equal equality to that and how that works definitely what were your thoughts steven uh <laughs> I personally, I personally feel like it was a way to show that he could still, you know, he hasn't lost his edge. He could still get busy and, you know, mm -hmm. do what he needs to do to survive. And uh, like Elijah said, I feel like uh, it was terrorizing the people at one point because as you see, after he killed it and brought the head back, he kind of earned their respect to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. if you know what I mean? And it's a uh, great seeing that after seeing everything he went through with the Tuscan Raiders, you know, being captured and basically a prisoner to them. And uh, that's basically how I feel like it went. Well, <laughs> why they did that. Yeah, I can get with that. Yeah, I, I think they were they were truly praising him, uh, not only for killing the beast, but just the fact that he was able to save one of their own as well in the process. Um, not only did he free himself, freed himself and save them and kill the beast that was terrorizing them. I think there was a big significance to them, um, not only to have that trophy, but to also bring one of their villagers back as well. I could see, you know, they don't really talk in, in English you don't really hear them saying thank you, but you also kind of just get the, I, I believe the the physical, uh, the, the I'm sorry, the <laughs> <laughs> the body language 
that they're, yeah. you know, grateful for what he had did. Uh, but since we're still on Boba Fett, I want to ask, in the final scene, we see the Gamorreans remain loyal to Boba Fett and, you know, play what they can do in battle to defend Boba Fett. Do we think they will remain loyal throughout the season, or do we think that there could be a plot twist where they could turn on Boba Fett? I want to get your initial thoughts, Stephen. I feel like they're gonna they could they're going to remain loyal to him because as you see, um, when they showed up to him at first, he spared them, and I forgot the lady's name, but basically, he told her, "I want to build a." I want to be, I want to build a relationships off of respect. And it was cool seeing them be ambushed and how they came to his aid. So I feel like they're going to remain loyal to him and just off the strength of what he did with that. Yeah. What were your initial thoughts, Elijah? Um, to me, I think they, they got to stay loyal to him. And honestly, I think it raises the question is, how much of a time period has he been in the Sarlacc pit? Because um, as we know, this guy, he's fought a Skywalker already. He's fought Luke Skywalker. And we know from the Mandalorian right now, Luke Skywalker is still alive in this universe. So he's mm-hmm. fought in Luke Skywalker and he's been right-hand man to Darth Vader. So um, honestly, to me, it's all these people that are test, kind of like testing him and trying to fight him, it, it's really confusing for me because – um, me, if I was in that universe, I, I wouldn't even be uh, found on the same street as Boba <laughs> Fett. Like, I, wouldn't I don't know, it. like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, me and him would be on different planets at all times. So, <laughs> um, I think it's really interesting that he has like these, these small little assassins coming after him and all these things. So like, I wonder if these people actually even know who Boba Fett is. Yeah. Um, because we we know he last time he fought Luke Skywalker he was in, he got sent into the Sarlacc pit so they might not even know. So, Do you think those assassins could have been sent by the mayor? Oh, possibly. Oh, because I, that's a great yeah. Honestly, I think it's it's probably yeah. I think maybe that guy went back and he saw it said that Boba intimidated him and they maybe he sent some assassins after him. Possibly. And that may have been why we only saw it at the end of the episode as well. I think that uh, maybe misquoting this, like, yeah, I'm not sure, but was somebody, there were two last soldiers or assassins at the end of the episode. They killed one, they disabled the other. The two were on the tower and they were running away from Finnick. Yeah. I believe one of them was kicked off the building and the other one, did he not, did he not like, you know, like talking to his wrist, like he was trying to display a message or was trying to communicate with someone. I can't remember if that was what he had did, but if I think he said something about a message and that made me think like, Oh, it's he working for the mayor. So I think you may be onto something, Steven. Um, what, what what did you think, Elijah? Um, I didn't catch that, but if that's what happened, I think that's really interesting. I think for sure that 
we're 100% going to find out on episode two because I don't think they can really go with Fennec, bring, Fennec coming back without bringing the guy back. But yeah, um, for sure, I think we're going to learn about it in episode two. So I won't go into too much speculation because I don't have, I can't remember the scene 100%. I, to, I thought he just threw his hands up, but if he spoke into something or maybe made like a quick little motion that that'd be like a great thing to point out and that they could go back to maybe in later on in the series definitely I, i'm not i'm not 100 percent, so don't take that take that with a grain of salt but i believe that's what happened I, I don't think he said anything but i think he made some sort of motion and maybe i just heard finnick speaking but I believe that was an assassin from the mayor. So I I, I like your theory, Stephen. We're gonna give you we're gonna give you props for that. Because, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I really yeah, that was a good one. Um, and with us talking about possible information, Elijah, you just broke one of the biggest stories to end the year last year uh, on the Spider Man Two, the video game. I want to ask you a few questions about, you know, what you know, what you're able to talk about, and uh, just go ahead and let everybody know, all the listeners, the information that you played on Twitter as well. All right. So um, if you haven't seen my original tweet, it was, I mean, anyone listening has probably seen it by now, but um, it was about that every suit will have a, every playable suit with the symbiote will have a symbiote variant so i want i do want to go into more um elaboration on that i have a lot of people a lot of replies a lot of questions of people asking if the original suits from the original game will be in spider-man 2 and if we will have a variant of those and I'm going to say that I don't have a definitive answer on that, but in my eyes, I'm going to say absolutely not because they made a remaster for this game and it was not too long after it came out. And in my eyes, that's because they don't want this game to die. They want you to play Spider-Man one and then Miles Morales and then Spider-Man two. They don't want you to play Spider-Man two and think that you can just continue with that game without the Spider-Man one. So, and I wouldn't see them completely diminishing that game, but I could see them bringing a couple of the suits back, maybe the live action suits, but uh, honestly, it's a a low possibility. And if you were asking for that, I'm sorry, but (laughs) the possibilities are really low there. Yeah. Um, Yeah, did you guys have any questions about maybe like more in-depth things about the game. Maybe I can answer a couple of things. Uh, I have a few. <laughs> Don't map me. <laughs> All right. Now, when you say that, does that mean Venom is going to be the main boss in Spider-Man 2? No. Um, I will say that the main big bad is not Venom, and um, the suit is kind of used... It's not Eddie Brock with the suit originally, and you won't be fighting Eddie Brock. And I think the suit is kind of powering Harry Osborn, actually, because he's sick and he needs the symbiote to kind of stay alive. And it would be kind of used as a level to bring the suit into Peter Parker's um, dominion. And uh, for anyone asking, no, uh, Miles Morales is not going to get the 
Venom symbiote. Um, I, I don't think his powers in the game would let, allow that. Anyways, kill my next question. <laughs> <laughs> so, in Spider Man Two, are we gonna get Miles Morales appearances? Excuse my ignorance because I haven't played any Spider Man games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll get Spider Man, Peter Parker, and Miles Morales. It's more of like a um in the sense that one mission you'll be playing as miles morales and one you'll be playing as peter parker but it's going to be seamless um this is going to be playstation 5 exclusive so the hardware on the ps5 and um really what insomniac's been doing so um these transitions through these characters it's going to feel like the story is just continuing. It's not going to, you're not going to have a loading screen. You're not going to feel like you're stopping to switch in between characters. But um, at the end of the game, you will be able to play as both characters um, freely. Now, when you say that Harry is going to have an encounter with the symbiote, could we be looking at Harry possibly being an antagonist? I can't say much. I don't want to get in trouble with ah. what I can, but um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will say uh, I will say that um, Craven, um, the symbiote itself, and Harry will play a big part in the story. Okay. And for for anyone asking this question as well, yes, my source is. Um, it's not my original source is not me, but he's a priest private and he's a close friend of mine. And um, he's been writing about a couple of things that I can sincerely trust because I play the games that he's been right about. Um, for example, he told me a couple months back that there's going to be a copy of Cortana in the Halo, um, in the new Halo series. And I'm really into Halo right now. And actually, I just got into the part of the story where they tell you that Cortana, um, the so-called weapon is a copy of Cortana. So um, I know this guy, he gets his stuff from wherever he gets his stuff. His stuff is legit. So um, just got to take it until you see it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I don't want to ask too much, but can we expect to see an equal amount of content between Peter Parker and Miles Morales in this game? Or will it be more focused on Peter and the symbiote story? Yeah, no, we'll see um, both of them equally. We're going to see a lot. Um, New York is bigger. The gameplay is, is faster. Um, there's new mechanics, even without the symbiote suit. I know I said there's going to be... Sorry. Um, I know I said there's going to be new mechanics with the symbiote, but even without the symbiote, there'll be... Um, the vertical action there's going to be more vertical actions say when you're um running on a wall if you want to fight somebody on a wall you're taking somebody down if you want to web shoot from a wall there's going to be a lot of things that um a lot of people want to do as spider-man that they couldn't see from just the pure processing power from the playstation 4 so um really you have to <laughs> thank these guys that are putting in the hard work and taking the movements of spider-man and really putting the animations in and putting the work in to put these uh, things to life and things that you can actually interact with and see and instead of seeing them on the big screen. So yeah. um, whatever they do come up with, you got to hope that we don't get another uh, COVID shutdown though, because we know that 
that really kills video game studios. They do Definitely. their best work in house. So Definitely. Yeah, I really I really hope for the best. And uh we're really hoping that the Omnicron, you know, variant doesn't really slow down the momentum of the films, the film studios, well, the television studios, and definitely the game studios. There are so many things that we're excited about this upcoming year. So many things that we're excited to talk about and discourse on here, some review. So very excited. Uh, Elijah, we appreciate you diving in and giving us a little bit of insight on Spider-Man 2, the video game. And since we're on the topic yeah, of, of Spider-Man, um, We've heard talks on Anya Taylor-Joy and Emma Stone being tapped for live-action roles as Black Cat and Spider-Gwen. Do we like these castings, or do you have any fan castings? I'll start with you, Steven. Uh, personally, I feel like it'd be dope to see uh, Emma Stone back as Gwen. Uh, I don't have too much knowledge on the other name you said. I'm sorry about that. But uh, it'd be great to see Felicia and uh, Spider-Gwen in the universe. I, I like that a lot. Definitely. Yeah, I to me personally, um, coming out of the theater of watching No Way Home, uh, I was really excited to see the direction that they go. Uh, and I know that they're going to be doing a lot more Sony-verse things. But for me personally, I can't admit that I don't... Oh, my computer says not. Sorry, um, but I, I can't say that I don't want to see Black Cat immediately in the next trilogy. Uh, I do want to see the character at some point, but I don't want her to be the focal love interest, per se. Um, unless it's more of a Spider-Verse thing and we see her with Andrew or we see Spider-Gwen with Andrew. Um, but as, regarding Tom Holland's Spider-Man, I don't want to see Black Cat in Spider-Man 4, maybe in 5. But to me, these two castings are are perfect, honestly. Um, I loved Emma Stone, Spider-Gwen, and I would love to see Anya Taylor-Joy take on the Black Cat role. Um, I think it would be very comic accurate. And... I think these two actresses are phenomenal as well. What are your thoughts, Elijah? Um, I think Anya Taylor-Joy, I am praying, like actually praying that they get her for the role. I think despise whatever, what everyone's saying, um, take out any criticism you're saying. She looks like a great black cat. Um, put her in a mask and dye her hair and she looks great. But um, I think for Tom Holland's Spider-Man, I think that it would be a great thing to see. I think um, maybe at some point he gets back in contact with MJ and Ned. Maybe Ned doesn't know who he is. He ends up being the Hobgoblin, but um, he gets his love interest back with MJ. And he has a conflict with Black Cat because uh, we all know that Spidey loves Black Cat, but um, Peter Parker loves MJ. So um i think we we really need to see that at some point in live action i know they tried to do that in the amazing spider-man i will say i was not a fan of that black cat casting um i was really a fan of shailene woodley uh to play mj i think she's a phenomenal actress 
Um, so whether they put Black Cat in the Sony verse or the MCU, I think that Anya Taylor Joy is the way to go. And if she accepts the role, that that would be a great role for her. So let's we'll just have to see where that goes. Definitely. And as far as possible castings, you know, we're hearing that a character will be returning from the Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. in Ant-Man and the, and the Wasp, Quantumania. Now, it's confirmed that it's not a returning actor, but we may be seeing a returning character from the Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of want to see if you guys have a guess on which character uh, that it could be. We know that an Inhuman is going to be appearing in Doctor Strange 2, so it could be the introdu- introduction of Quake. Um, so I just kind of want to gauge what you guys' thoughts are on that. And if you feel a little weird on not having a returning actor or actress as well, what are your thoughts, Steven? Uh, I feel like it might be a little weird depending on who the returning character is. But mm-hmm. I feel like we could eventually get over it. As far as who do I think will be returning, uh, I'm kind of stumped on that one. I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah. What do you think, Elijah? Um. So the returning character is confirmed to be just someone from Agents of Shield, not um any type of side thing, right? Yeah, it's most likely so, likely an Agents of Shield character. So I think the most sense I I think that the most sense that we could see is maybe after what if is agent Carter, um, captain Carter. And I think that's just because her character played such a focal point. She was kind of the leader of the, what if the, what if Avengers. So, um, with, um, I think we see that dark doctor strange is coming back and we have those parallels to what if, and, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I think that one of these characters, more of these characters from What If actually have to come back, if not most of them. Um, I'd love to see a variant of Tony Stark. I'd love to see everything that we've seen in What If. But if it's any of them, I would say either a variant of um, Captain Carter or um, I'd love to see maybe Steve Rogers. But I think that's a that might be too much of a long shot with um, um, Chris Evans saying that he doesn't want to come to back to the character unless it has a really meaningful story. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so my guess is Quake. Elijah is guessing Captain Carter. Steven's a little stumped. I think we're going to put him on the Quake side. He's being a little realism, so we're going to put him on <laughs> the Quake gonna, side. <laughs> I think I think I might still like the answer. I'm, I, I could see Carter. I you can see Carter? Carter? Yeah. Okay. 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 Two to one. I can take it. I can take it. Uh, and as well as the Doctor Strange info that we got this past week, we do know that an Inhuman will be introduced. Uh, my initial thoughts are Black Thought. I mean, Black Bolt, I apologize. And uh, I really think it's going to introduce the Illuminati as well. I think we're going to see an introduction to the Illuminati in the end of this film, uh, just because of the parallels and how catastrophic this movie could be to the MCU. 
uh, with the amount of characters that could surge in, uh, the possible losses that we could see in this film. Uh, there's so many things that could happen in this film that could change the entire MCU. So I really think a character like Black Bolt will be important, um, bringing in, you know, the Inhumans, uh, leading to Miss Marvel, as well as, you know, bringing in the Illuminati. Uh, who do you think it will be, Steven? Things just got out of hand. <laughs> nah, I, think, I think uh I think it'll be Mr. Fantastic or Reed Richards. I definitely think so. And mm. that'll be a perfect way to bring in the Fantastic Four. Mm. Yeah, I can get with that. Wow. Yeah, things things really just got interesting. What do you think, Elijah? I think for me. I'm really, really, really interested in what you said about the Illuminati. And uh, let me say that the MCU, no matter how far we get into the MCU, it's always going to come full circle to Tony Stark. Mm -hmm. It's going to come back to those Iron Man movies somehow, some way. And if you go back to the Iron Man 2, you can see that he has the Illuminati app on his, on his high-tech phone. So um, we have to guess that Tony Stark <laughs> the realist of the Avengers, the futurist, he's a member of the Illuminati. And although he might not know the extenses of the multiverse, he knows that there's stuff out there. And he might not have shared that with the group because he might have known that they're not ready for it or that, that his information had to stay with him. Mm-hmm. But he's he's really he had to have been in depth with that to have that app on his phone. And as for what Steven said, Reed Richards, hundred percent, I hundred percent think he's going to be in this movie. I think they've, they've hyped him up too much. Dr. Richards and WandaVision, um, not even showing the doctor and WandaVision, maybe because of budget cuts, maybe because of something else. Maybe they have just been waiting until this movie because we know Wanda is going to play a major role, but um, I think for sure we're going to see a lot of variants of some um, very important characters and then some characters that are not variants that are actually in our universe that are here to, here to help Doctor Strange or Wanda or whatever the plot may be. But I think for sure that we're going to see some characters. And um, from what Steven said, 100%, uh, Mr. Fantastic, I think we could see. Definitely. I'm very excited about this movie. I think all three of us are extremely excited about this film and what it could mean for the MCU potentially, uh, not only from a character standpoint, but uh, a story standpoint as well. And with that being said, on character development, do we think Wanda or a variant of Wanda will be the villain of this film? And I'll start with you, Elijah. Um, so I think I said this about two episodes back and I said, I think that there's going to be a conflict between Dr. Strange and the dark strange and Wong between, um, dark strange showing strange that there can really be, there's multiverses where Christine is alive and that he can go to those multiverses. Yeah. He possesses the ability. So I think, um, Wanda is kind of going to manipulate that power a bit and, she's going to make strange go to some places that maybe he wouldn't have to go, but she's looking for her children as well. 
Um, she, we know she lived a, she lived a while with her children and then they just disappeared and she has to be upset about that. So the things that are going to happen in multiverse of madness are going to really going to close up what we got in WandaVision as well as Dr. Strange's story. But as for Wanda being the main villain, I think that maybe she's not the villain, but I think she's going to be more of a manipulator than a, than a antagonist um, per se. Hmm. Yeah. I think personally that it's going to her trying to manipulate the multiverse and finding her children and bringing them back to her reality. Uh, I think that will be the key to bringing the young Avengers into quantum mania. Uh, but I also think that that is going to be detrimental for the MCU. Uh, it's going to break a fabric in reality. Uh, she will be the culprit in it. Uh, I think Mordo will definitely be the main person to kind of attack them for, you know, essentially messing with the fabric of reality. Um, just because even as he's headed towards the dark arts primarily, he still respects uh, the values that the ancient one taught him as well uh, in terms of keeping stability in the universe and in the multiverse. Um, so I think he's going to be playing a big part in, you know, trying to sway them off of heading in that direction uh, just because of their lust for, you know, him lusting over Christine as well as her lusting over having her family back. Um, so I do think, you know, love is going to be a very important part of this film um, as well as mental health. And I think it's they've kind of really shown that in that initial trailer, that teaser trailer that they gave us um, of how serene that Wanda was by herself in that pocket dimension um, and, and what I believe is a pocket dimension. And her having this conversation with Dr. Strange, him saying that he needs her help, her, her, I think her response is going to be after that scene that we little get, that we get, uh, I think she's going to say what, what's in it for me. And I think she's going, those doors that they, that we see them open and the, the pocket dimensions that America Chavez is opening is them looking for Christine and for her children as well. I'm kind of trying to tie in my theory with your theory, Elijah. Um, but those are my initial thoughts on this film. What were yours, Stephen? I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I definitely feel like she. I've read some rumors that there's there could be an evil Wanda, but you both of you guys do have great points. I feel like, because, you know, the multiverse is limitless. Uh, I feel like there is going to be, well, we know there's going to be evil strange. There's, I feel like they're going to have to fight both evil uh, multi-versions of themselves. You know what I mean? Or if not, Wanda could definitely be the a big part of, like, being an antagonist of the uh, movie. Yeah, I definitely think that um, Wanda is going to be a very intricate part, um, and not only her her crave for finding her kids, but also her influencing Strange as well. Um, I don't think the initial reason um, for him asking Wanda for help is just to help save the universe. I think 
her chaos magic is going to help him as well in finding Christine. And so I think they're kind of just helping each other, but also Wanda's manipulating him. He's manipulating her. Um, but at the end, it's it's really hurting the fabric of reality. And I think that's where Mordo comes in. I think with them damaging reality, I think that's where our gar- gargantuan comes in. Um, and them colliding the multiverse, you know, we see characters that are rumored, whether it be the Inhuman, which I think is Black Bolt, or possibly Reed Richards. Um, I think we see possibly previous X-Men. Um, that has been rumored. And I think we just see a ton of these older characters as well, as well as future characters that, you know, are possibly being introduced. And we may even possibly see Kang, um, whether it be a variant or whether it be Jonathan Majors. So I think this film is something that we're very excited for. And I think it could go in so many different directions. And that's why there's so much speculation about it. Uh, and I believe the movie releases in March. Am I am I correct? I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. so. It's either l- oh, or yeah, March, March or May. March or May. I think it's earlier in the year. I pr- I think it's March. Yeah, I think it's either late February or March. I could be. Yeah. I could be wrong. Yeah, I do have a question is... though. Okay. Um, regarding um, since we're talking about the multiverse, um, we do know the director of recent director of across the spider-verse recently said that they have included every single version of spider-man that they could have wished to put in spider and across the spider-verse in both the across the spider-verse part one and part two so um i have to ask you guys what versions of spider-man would you be excited to see whether it be from your favorite tv series or your favorite comic strip or your favorite live action Spider-Man, but um, what would you like to see in Across the Spider-Verse or more, who would you like to see? I'm praying. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, TJ. No, you're good. I'm, I'm in thought process. You're good, Steve. I am praying that we see Ben Riley, the Scarlet Spider. Oh, if we, if Ben Riley is in that movie, I I just might pass out. I probably <laughs> might cry. I probably might cry. If I get if I get Spider-Man 2099 and Ben Riley, I'll be the happiest person in the theater. Um I'm, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Well, we do have confirmation that Spider-Man 2099 is in the film. Um great. But to see Ben Riley that would be awesome. Um for me, I'm a little embarrassed to say it, but for me, like growing up, um, Drake Bell's take um, on the Disney XD series, I believe it was the Spectacular Spider-Man. Um, Dude, honestly, the Spectacular and Ultimate Spider-Man, those were my be- for, um, my um, happiest to see. So honestly, yeah. you saying that just kind of took some relief off me. <laughs> yeah, I, Spectacular Spider-Man was great. That was that was an amazing. <laughs> That was an amazing show for me. And I know that Drake Bell has these uh, these allegations against them. So we may not hear that version, but even have a similar voice actor uh, that version of Spider-Man. It would be great to see in all honesty. And uh, I would be very excited to see that version on on screen across the Spider-Verse. I have a question for you guys. 
So I don't know if you guys remember at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, uh, they hinted at Adam Warlock. And that movie came out about what? What was that? Six years ago? I think we got a we got a recently we got a casting for Adam Warlock. Okay. Yeah, he's going to it be. It was um, Will Poulter. Will, yeah, Poulter. Will Poulter from. Um, um, I don't want to disrespect Will Poulter at all, but the, the only movie that comes from off top of my head comes um from where where the millers yeah okay yeah where the millers yeah but um <laughs> i know he's been in some good films um besides that um i won't lie and say that i've seen them so i can't come up with them off the top of my head so um I'm- i do know he's he's put quite the track record behind him since he's been at since um we're the millers so I know i'm excited to in, see that i know he was in maze runner i'm that's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Casting. He was he was in Maze Runner. Yeah, yeah. How how soon do you guys think we'll uh, see a real life adaptation of Adam Warlock? Um, I hope Thor four. I think for me, I thought Thor four and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume three were going to be the same thing. Um, the way <laughs> that Thor left with him in Endgame and I'm kind of confused on how Thor 4 is a different movie from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 <laughs> Yeah, but I'm guessing they'll explain that more in Thor 4 so I can't really put much of a say on that because I'm kind of confused but um, genuinely I think they'll kind of explain it more and I think the Thor poster that we got was had a, a Guardians of the Galaxy vibe so mm-hmm. I, I don't think it would be crazy to see them in that movie. Oh um, yeah, I don't want to disrespect anyone or anything, but can mm-hmm. somebody send me the poster because if it's the one that I seen, that poster is terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> is it, it, I'm sorry. The one with um, it has James Forrester on it yes. with the yes, yes, yeah, yeah. with Valkyrie. Uh, that poster, that poster is disgusting to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I, I've heard um, several people say it's fan art, and then I've heard several people say it's in in their theaters. So I'm not really sure. But in my eyes, it looks like fan art. I'm pretty sure Pegasus. I mean, um, Valkyrie's Pegasus got damaged in Endgame or seriously hurt. So I'm not even sure how that would be possible. But obviously, this movie has a lot of explaining to do. So definitely. What about you, TJ? How long do you think? I think we may see a tease of him again, once again, in Thor 4, um, just to give us a little bit more momentum on seeing him again in Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, just because it, in terms of the Thor 4 story, it wouldn't make as much sense for him to be a focal character. And the way they left off on the character, it really makes sense for him to be a part of that Guardians of the Galaxy franchise. Um I would love to see more Will Poulter. I love him as a comedic and as a, you know, more focused actor as well. Um, but I really only expect to see him truly introduced in the Guardians of the Galaxy series. Um, he really would have been an amazing character in the Infinity War saga. But, you know, unfortunately, we did not see that character come to fruition during the Thanos saga. And... I really think that it just makes the most sense for him to be teased again in Thor 4 or have a brief cameo. And we see, you know, a full culmination of the character 
in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, and on that note, did we have any other further questions? Um, um, no, no other questions, just that I'm hoping that they change the name of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 to Into the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Well, I don't have any questions, but if this if we are right about this Doctor Strange movie and uh, Mr. Fantastic is getting introduced and the Fantastic Four come in, I will be I will be jumping with joy because then I get to see the Doctor that is named Doom sooner. Ooh. Oh yes, very key, and we could see a variant of Doom as well, possibly cameo. Um, but I don't think that we'll see Doom sooner than Fantastic Four, whether it be uh, him being the focal villain or a build-up scene where he's like a big bad. Um, I should say a bigger bad than big bad. Uh, but we shall see. I think Doctor Doom, they have, they have plans for Doctor Doom, I believe. I don't think he'll be a, a solo movie villain. And with that being said, I thank you all for listening to Cinema Reviewed. Thank you, Stephen, for joining us today. We hope to have you on again. Yes, uh, we sir, look forward yes, to having you. And thank Always you again, Elijah. Thank you, Stephen. We appreciate it. And Elijah, thank you for joining me again, my brother. Uh, this has been Cinema Reviewed. Uh, Stephen, if you would like to drop your socials, I'll let you begin first. All right. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at... Samostizo, S-A-M-A-S-T-E-Z-O. And on Instagram, my Instagram is Stizo. That's Stizo with four O's. Right. And Elijah? Um, you guys can follow me on Twitter or TikTok is where I put most post most. <laughs> sorry about that. Most of my news <laughs> um, at Optical Cinema. And then if you want to follow me on Instagram, some of my exclusive stuff goes on there. Um, some stuff that I'm scared to put on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had Elijah Boxo, but if you put Optical Cinema, I should pop up as well because that's uh, what I got my name in as. All right. And I am Toriano. Uh, you can follow me on all socials, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. And you can follow me at 90210 Toriano, T-O-R-I-O-N-O. Again, that's 90210 T-O-R-I-O-N-O. And thank you so much for hanging out with us. This has been Cinema Review. And you all have a great day. You can check us out at wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Music, Spotify, and anywhere else. You all have a great day. Peace.